looking to sound like you know what's going on in the world? Pop culture, social strategy, comedy, and other funny stuff? Well, join the club and settle in for the Jeff Dwoskin Show. It's not the podcast we deserve, but the podcast we all need with your host, Jeff Dwoskin. All right, Howard, thank you so much for that amazing introduction. You get the show going each and every week, and this week was no exception. Welcome, everybody, to episode 114 of Live from Detroit, the Jeff Dwoskin Show. As always, I am your host, Jeff Dwoskin. Great to have you back for the mother of all episodes. That's right. That's what I said. The mother of all episodes. Mrs. C is here. Mrs. Cunningham. Marion Ross from Happy Days. That's right. We're continuing the Happy Days. As I promised during the Mort Krim interview, Anson Williams was a couple weeks ago. And we've got more Happy Days coming. But right now, let's focus. we got to focus on Marion Ross. Mary and I talk about her career. Of course, so much Happy Days. You won't even be able to handle it. And her book, My Days, Happy and Otherwise, which I highly recommend. A delightful book. Anyway, I'm excited to talk to one of the greatest TV mom. Nay, the greatest TV mom in all of TV history. My conversation with Mrs. C. That's right. Marion Ross is coming up in just a few minutes. Of course, if you dig Happy Days, don't miss episode 110 with Anson Williams. That's right. Potsy was here. That was a great interview. Last week, Mort Krim, Will Ferrell's inspiration for Anchorman. Mort Krim, an amazing journalist from the time when we trusted journalists. The inspiration for Ron Burgundy. That was a great, great conversation. That was episode 112. I grew up loving Happy Days. So after you listen to this episode, no, there's another one coming. I got another interview in the bank. Gonna have a trilogy of Happy Days episodes. I'm excited. But in the meantime, it's time for the social media tip. Oh, this is the fun part of the show where I share a little bit of my social media knowledge with you. A little 411, if you will, I picked up on the street. I've been in the social media game for a long time, and I love to share information that I hear. Sometimes just knowing about something is half the battle. The idea is you hear about something here, go Google it if you want to learn more. I was reading an article that a friend of mine, Doug Cohen from M10 Social wrote, and then we were talking about it. And so the tip is, if you're going to do stories on Instagram and Facebook, the order to do them is do them on Instagram and push to Facebook if you need a link in the story. Reason being, you can't add a link in Facebook, but you can add a link in an Instagram story. And when you share that story to Facebook, the link works on Facebook. So there you go. There's the workaround of getting a link in your story on Facebook. And that's the social media tip. I do want to thank everyone who checks out our live show every Wednesday at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time, Crossing the Streams. We're live on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter talking about TV shows you should be binging. But you're like, Jeff, I don't have time for that. Who has time? I say, well, good news. Every Thursday, I push a bonus episode of this podcast right to your ears. That bonus podcast is solely focused on highlighted segments from Crossing the Streams. So if you don't want to play along with us live, I'll just jam it right into your ears every Thursday for your listening enjoyment. It's a win-win. I do want to thank everyone in advance for their support of the sponsors. 
when you support the sponsors, you're supporting us here at Live from Detroit, and that's how we keep the lights on. This week's interview sponsor, Cunningham Hardware, located in the heart of Milwaukee, Wisconsin. You looking for a nut, bolt, screw, nail, washer, wing nut, hinge, pipe, doorknob, door lock, wrench, pliers, hammer, work gloves, or a magnet, or a wall hanger, a flower pot? We got it all. And everything's 25% off. That's right, you need clamps, funnels, wood stain staples, staplers, rope, varnish, spray paint, fuses, tape. We got it all at Cunningham Hardware. Looking to paint that room? Well, we got 10 different colors awaiting you in our all-new paint aisle. Stop by now, 25% off all this month with code JEFFISFUNNY. That's right, listeners live from Detroit can enjoy 25% off at Cunningham Hardware for the rest of this month. All right. Well, if you need any of that stuff, including toolboxes, padlocks, any kind of building supplies, now you know where to get them. Well, I think it's finally time to share the conversation I had with Marion Ross with you. Get ready for my fabulous conversation with the one and only Mrs. C. Enjoy. All right, everyone. I am so excited to introduce you to my next guest, actress, author, from Albert Lee to Mrs. C, everyone's favorite TV mom, Marion Ross. Good morning. Good morning. Well, I should say good afternoon. I think it's already been noon already. How How is everybody? So great. So wonderful to speak with you. Like so many, I grew up watching Happy Days, so this is quite a joy. Well, have I ever met you in person? We've never met. We have never met. But uh, maybe one day there's still hope. I'll, ho- I'll hold out. You know, I'm ex- I'm excited to kind of just talk about your book and your career. And okay, so excited. I read I read your book, My Days Happy and Otherwise. Loved it. And and tell me where you live right now. I am just outside of Detroit, Michigan. Oh no, kidding! <gasps> Good for you. Good for you. You've got lots of snow, I'm sure. It's starting to come down. Yeah, we're we're getting a little <laughs> bit today. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well. I'm from Albert Lee, Minnesota, which is very southern Minnesota, 100 miles south of Minneapolis. Probably gets pretty cold there, too, growing up. Huh? Oh, brother, we would, the, the lake would freeze over, and we would walk across that lake to go to high school, you know? My God. People who don't live with uh, snow don't understand the lake effect, so it must have been extra cold there. <laughs> oh, brother, you can't imagine. So then in the summer... It was very important because we were all junior lifeguards. We ran the Dwight's ice cream store, you know, sold popsicles to everybody. It was just, it was a wonderful, it's a wonderful place to grow up. I can imagine. That's uh, where it all started for you, right? Just dreaming of the, having your name in lights. Absolutely. (laughs) And then amazingly, decades later... There's a statue of you, maybe even overlooking that same lake you were just mentioning, bronze statue. How amazing is that? It's a a beautiful statue. I like her a lot. She's she's a very nice person, isn't she? Yeah. Yeah, I've seen pictures. It's it's a wonderful thing. But how amazing is that to think? Like when you were, you know, 13 years old, a young girl, like just dreaming of being an actress and then the impact you made and then the town coming together to to do that statue in your honor outside of the Marion Ross Performing Arts Center. It's really quite unbelievable. It really is. That's why I'm so proud of it. And I'm so proud of the town that they care enough they want to do that. I'm very impressed. Yeah, it's so amazing. So t- so you were in Albert Lee, dreaming of, of being a star, changed yes. the spelling of your name so it looked better in the lights. Love that. <laughs> exactly. 
exactly. And and the war was now World War War Two was just getting over with. So we sold our house. We got on the train and went all the way from Albert Lee, Minnesota to San Diego. And that was a good thing to do because San Diego, I was now going to be a senior at San Diego and in high school. And we, it was so wonderful because we had the Globe Theater in Balboa Park. It was a wonderful, wonderful professional theater. I was so proud to be connected to that. It's so great. And I love like up until that point too, where you talked about, you you had mentioned like just your drive and to, to just even to be an au pair in another city to take private <laughs> drama classes and all that kind of stuff. Like the drive that you had and the vision that you had is so amazing. That's why I love the fact that now that that statue in the performing arts, it's just such well, a... Well, it's, you know, my mother was a Canadian from the great prairies of Saskatchewan. So she, and she was Irish, so she had a lot of drive in her. My father was Scottish and he was very hardworking too. The whole thing that you could become whatever it was you wanted to become, it was very important. It's great that they supported you so much in, in helping you fulfill your dream. Yeah, great. And then I went to, when I went up to Minneapolis, then I, I found a professor or an instructor at McPhail's School of Music and Drama, and I would take lessons there. So I'm always looking for a teacher and a coach and place to go and take more lessons. Fun. Yeah, it's it's incredible. And then Paramount eventually scoops you up. Oh, it's wonderful because when I went to San Diego, I got sort of discovered at the Globe Theater and the talent scout from up in Hollywood and the Paramount Studios. Wow. So now they put me under contract at Paramount was fantastic. I think I lasted maybe like about a year and a half, but it was pretty thrilling to go into the commissary and sit at a big table with all these new and new this new talent. And here was here was Martin and Lewis, you know Martin and sure. Lewis. And I tell you, it was a very and C B DeMille was there sitting there in the in the commissary over at this special part of the table. Oh my gosh, it was very, very exciting. And Edith Head was running the makeup and and the hair doing. And so if you went up into Edith Head's salon, oh and it was just wonderful. Very big time. When you were in contract it was called the Golden Circle. Oh, that's right. Is, how did that work exactly? They just, you you were there, and then as roles would pop up, they would just pull from the talent pool? <laughs> no, they didn't. They really didn't have great schools going on. But there, here was other talented people. Here, I don't know if you know Carolyn Jones from the... Morticia. Yeah, Carolyn Jones. And Audrey Hepburn was there also at the same time. So you wanted to die because you wanted to be Audrey Hepburn. And you wanted to go over there to the beautiful costume department. And there was Edith Head running all the beautiful clothes. And it just was a very, just very exciting time. Because that is over now. If you go to Hollywood now, that period is over. How do they do it now? Now, it's smaller scale, smaller scale. There's agents everywhere. There's little schools everywhere. There's this and this. But Paramount Studios had a big talent department. So did MGM. So did 20th Century Fox. You wanted to be connected to all these 
important people. That's incredible. The you told a, a great story in the book about being at uh, Humphrey Bogart and Lauren Bacall's house. <laughs> it was fantastic. It was yes because uh, oh my god, here we are. We're here's Lauren Bacall. Humphrey Bogart was not in the play. This was. Blythe Spirit with Sir Noel Coward. Sir Noel Coward, who had been knighted. Now, and I had read his book early, early on. And now I'm meeting him and I am playing the British maid. And it's wonderful. And Claudette Colbert was there. She was, I was her maid. So it was very exciting time, awe-inspiring, I'll tell you. One of the interesting things I, I read in the book was that the original Rat Pack wasn't who... In my head, like Dean, Sammy, uh, Joey Bishop, uh, Frank Sinatra, but it was a much wider group. Oh, the the, uh, the rat trap was a whole different thing. I was I was younger than that. I was not in that at all. So that was interesting. We just have to read these early Hollywood books, you know. Right. Uh, 20th Century Fox had a wonderful talent department. MGM also did. Universal, not so much. They were just beginning to be so big as far as new talent. A very thrilling time to be there. So as a British maid, and then one of your first TV roles in Life with Father, an Irish maid. So <laughs> dialects were your thing. And before you went on to being king of the moms, you were queen of moms. Maids, it seemed to be. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just noticed that theme. When did you realize you were so good with like the dialects, which you'd later then use in Brooklyn Bridge? Early on. Isn't that something? Yes, because I wanted, I was a ac young actress, so I would, I would have a Scottish accent. Sometimes I would be in a play and, and then an Irish accent. And uh, always a challenge. Always, and I love the challenge. I love my mother being uh, Irish from northern, northern Saskatchewan, always inspiring me. And she said, you can be anything you can be. And they had all come from Ireland, tough farming. Farming. My mother was a young teacher up there, and but I was raised to believe that I could do it. You can do it. It's amazing how much support and motivation you got from your family. It's so it's so wonderful, it is, isn't it? And you know, I had a I had a crippled brother. He was like about two years younger than me, and he had a bad leg. So because I was more healthy, it was easier for me to be so ambitious and so driven. I was so, so driven. It was amazing. Either you either are like that or you, you just can't get like that, you know? Were you driven as a young person? I was driven. Uh, you know, I probably could have been more driven. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, reading the book, I, I don't know if I was as driven as you, so it was definitely awe-inspiring to just to see how well you were driven. Your brother, Gordon, he went on to act as he well. He did. God bless him. He was a very, very good actor, and he did very well for himself, and he was a very nice guy, made lots of friends. I tell you, became a very good uh, bartender, too, I must say. Yes, he did very, very well, considering how hard it is in this business, you know? He had your drive to probably drive him as well. I'm assuming you inspired your whole family. Yeah. So the interesting thing in, in the evolution of the story is that the role that everyone told you not to take is the role that eventually led to Mrs. Cunningham, Mrs. C. And that was a non-speaking role in airport. Oh, that is so interesting. Yes. 
Right, because I made good friends with Sandra Gould. Do you know who the actress Sandra Gould is? She was in Bewitched, Miss Gladys Kravitz. Right. Anyway, anyway, she knew everybody in town, and she was smart, and she was ambitious, and so I would go to her house, and then all of a sudden, for dinner, she would have a casting woman, Millie Gussie would be there or somebody, and so it was a wonderful connection with me, and oh, God, <laughs> it makes me laugh just to think about all those, all those years, all that trying. You know, it, it's interesting that everyone I talk to, a lot of times there's that one moment, that one thing that kind of leads to everything else. That it's sometimes like if that hadn't happened, who knows where the story may have gone. It's so great that you just understood the importance of being in this role and taking it because Sandra was in the similar thing, right? She was also in a non-speaking role in the same movie. Yes. She wasn't quite as appealing, not, not quite as appealing. So I had developed a great deal of... of um, charm, you know? My personality was getting, I could really sell myself, you know? By God. I believe that 100%. All right, so you're at dinner, and they're like, oh, we know of this role. So that role happens to be for Marion Cunningham in the first pilot of what would eventually become Happy Days. So this is is your introduction to Gary Marshall. That's right, right. And, And you know, it was fun because we First, we got Tom Bosley. I was married to Tom Bosley, and he was very difficult to be married to. Very difficult, because he'd been on Broadway, and he'd been much more successful than I was. So he he sort of scorned me. But he was very... uh, Anyway, all of a sudden, we are doing all these wonderful TV shows and series. And uh, we had our softball team. We traveled all over the United States, and they would say, get out there, meet the people, meet the people. So we would get out and meet all the people. So we were constantly selling ourselves and selling the product. That was awesome. Is that during the first seasons, even just while it was all ramping up? Because it was a big hit right away, right? Happy Days? It would have, but it caught on right away. First of all, Jerry Paris was directing it. Gary Marshall was producing it and writing it and all the writers. And uh, it was very fun to go to Paramount Studios, really. And then to go into the commissary and, and there were all kinds of movie stars in there. In the old days... It was like that. I don't know if you can now go to the studio and go to lunch and and there's movie stars in there. Is that true? I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) We should go find out. Exactly. Marion, let me, let me, I have a quick question for you. So did they name the character Marion Cunningham? Oh, yes, they didn't care. They didn't care what she was called because I was so unimportant. Well, we'll we'll just call her Marion. Is that okay with you? I said, oh, sure, 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 sure. not important. But my part became very important because Tom had gone to Broadway and won the a Tony. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So he was way ahead of me. I, that's one of the things I loved about the book is uh, you were pretty open about not getting along with Tom Bosley in the very beginning. You said they eventually, you know, you, you grew to love each other, but that, that he was very difficult at first. But I thought it was I thought it was difficult, difficult. As the years went on, I became very fond of him, but he was difficult. And then right in the middle of all of this, we've got Ron Howard, of course, but now in the middle of this, uh, 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 who is that? And it's the Fonz, the Fonz. All right, and the Fonz walked out, walked off with that show. And 
So that was a very important change in it. Yeah, what was it like living through Fonzie Mania as another member of the cast? Uh, it was hard because, uh, first of all, you had Ron Howard. He was a star to begin with, right? Right. And uh, and to get the, the Fonz to be coming and be this heart, heart-spent love of everybody's life. So he walked off with the show, and we just made best the best we could with it. And that, and Gary Marshall was so smart that he, he took really good advantage of it. And then he put us all into a softball team. And we've got Donnie Most, who's a very good ball player. We've got Anson Williams, another very good ball player. And so that all of a sudden, softball was very important. And we traveled all over the United States, and we made lots and lots of friends. And we're, meanwhile, building building this background of people that knew us intimately. What was it like, kind of just the evolution of going? Because over time, you were probably recognized from the many roles and shows that you were in. But once it hit with Happy Days, and all of a sudden you're in an episodic show, it's on every week, and it's huge. And then eventually it grows to, like, number one in the whole United States. What, what was it like? I mean, even just thinking back, like, is, is that little girl dreaming in Albert Lee? And now here you are, one of the most iconic TV moms. Everyone knows who you are. What was that, what was that like? It would be such a, such a big thrill, excepting that I was so insignificant. I was, the mother was kind of off to the side. I wasn't made such a fuss over because the Fonz had walked off with the show. And then you've got Ron Howard walking off with the show. So, and then you've got Tom Bosley, who won the Tony on Broadway. So you've got a lot of really heavy weight. So I just was, I was just as busy as I could be, you know, keeping up with these guys. And Gary Marshall, Gary, and Gary Paris was our director. And we just, we met thousands and thousands of people. And that was very important that we met, personally met all these people and tried to make friends with them. That's such a smart strategy that they had, like just to kind of tour you basically around the United States and just humanize you. And then it worked, right? I mean, like it probably just helped maintain the show. Mary, when I, my, where I worked had softball and they wouldn't let me play. I was the griller. They brought a grill and I made hot dogs and hamburgers while everyone played. <laughs> that was my big role. That was my big role. <laughs> well, I tell you. Anyway, you've got to get you've got to get introduced to show business, and I hired you know we hired a press agent. You have to conquer this town. This is a big Hollywood is a pretty big town. As Fonzie Mania was going on, and in your book, you mentioned that one of the things that kind of helped it was it was the character of the Fonz, not not specifically Henry Winkler, and that Henry Winkler maintained like he was just totally cool with it. it he didn't let that get to his head and you know just that didn't impact his personal relationship with you we became awfully awfully close friends yeah and he advised me and it was wonderful and to even to this day he's a very very good friend so is ron howard you know but ron's a pretty busy guy and he lives in the east whereas henry is living here nearer me here in los angeles so it's Weren't we lucky to have such a hit show? You know that? You were so lucky. I think it's even just as amazing just how close all of you remained over the years. <laughs> I talked to Anson Williams and he just raved about you and it just and he talked about how, how close you guys are and it's just it's amazing to me. Like, it is amazing. 
Right, and we've we've had at my house here. I call this Happy Days Farm, you know. And we've had all kinds of gatherings and birthdays and christenings, and so that this group would hang together. We would stick together. It's so great that you have that, and that you you sort of agree. But even during the show, in your book, everyone seemed to always kind of mention that when things would get heated or Gary Marshall needed to kind of corral the group you were always like the uh the main person to kind of help right maintain sanity throughout because i was the mother i was the mother you know yeah (laughs) and gary marshall and jerry paris was our crazy guy and took us everywhere too uh we just we loved being and and because the, the public knew knew us so well so if we went somewhere as as a group they you know they would kind of stand back and watch us because we were such a group. You couldn't break into that group. It's incredible. Can I ask you a question just to go back in time for a second? When the first pilot was made, which did not get picked up, and then uh, American Graffiti became popular, and, and then the whole con- the whole nostalgia thing was very um, appealing, and then ABC decided to pick it up and create a new pilot based on, on that original show was that normal back then or like like for a show to for a pilot to be passed on and then somehow be reborn oh yes it's very normal it's because this is a this is a tough town and until you've been here and experienced it you wouldn't know how tough it is how it comes and goes and things that look like they're a big hit and then six months later they're old history that's why i hired a press agent. Okay, so I hired a press agent. Her name was Barbara Best, and she was very strong in this town. And I thought, listen, I gotta, I gotta take advantage of this opportunity and somehow build up my name, because otherwise I'm just the mother, you know? Yeah, no, absolutely. That that makes sense. That makes sense. It's a business. You gotta, oh, you gotta my watch out for your brand. Goodness, it's a business, yeah. Being one of the most iconic TV moms, do you have any other favorite moms? Like if you were to put in the top three, <laughs> you being one of them, <laughs> do you have any other ones? Well, look, at I'm thinking about Florence Henderson, who is now gone, who is now gone. But Florence was wonderful, smart, talented, could sing, dance, go to Broadway. I mean, all kinds of things. It was pretty hard for the for the mom to walk off with a show. So I was lucky that that the Fonz came along and made took it with he and Ron Howard took the show and made it what it was at the time. And I think I, even the expression the happy days, happy days is is like it's a very stable thing. Stable, yeah. You reprised your role of of Mrs. C a couple times. One of them was on. The new Leave It to Beaver in a dream <laughs> sequence. So how do, how do you think Barbara Billingsley felt about you stepping on her turf um, there? Yeah, that, that was that was not so important to me. So, but Barbara Billingsley was a very very nice person. Yes, very nice, and that was good. So it was like we all knew each other. We all worked together, and we were very flexible. We were very flexible. Yeah, and then you were on the Family Family Guy as Mrs. C, which was that's pretty cool. That's a great show. I can't remember Family Guy so much. Isn't that something? Yeah, well, it's probably some voice work. You probably just did yeah. it and then did yeah. it, right? Do you have like a favorite episode of uh, Happy Days? That's a really tough question. I think uh, one of the scenes where I I got to 
dance with Howard, you know. We danced together, and it was nice. It just was, it was a whole life, and the show was important, but our off-camera life was just as important. All our sports, that was just as important. And I owe it all to Gary Marshall. He built all these careers, like for all of us. Marion, what position did you play on the softball team? Ah, uh, that's a good question. I think I might have been within the the fielding on the by right near the pitcher, so that I could get the in inside, not not the long long drive, but the inside ones. Pick them up off the ground and throw them back to Ron Howard because he could throw it in. I couldn't throw it in, so I would stop it and get it to Ron because broke he could really throw. Yeah. Right. <laughs> what happened to your TV son, Chuck? In fact, if you would ask Henry or Ron, oh, God. So, I don't know. He couldn't hack it as much. Isn't that interesting? Because he could have, you know, taken that role and, you know, done something really wonderful with it. But I don't think he really did, you know? Ah. That character was actually in the in your original pilot that you did, and then it carried over. He was, and his... His father was Gavin O'Hurley, a very good Irish actor, yeah. And so he was O'Hurley also. Uh-huh. I tell you, showbiz, you got to have, you got to really be flexible, you know? You got to work it. That's, yeah, that's the whole you theme know, of, uh, I think, your book. You got to, like, work it. I wanted to ask you about The Love Boat. You married uh, Captain Stewie. Oh, I did. I did. <laughs> Isn't that Great, because we'd been friends for years and, and years, and then he came to me and he said, you and I are going to get married. Oh, I said, oh, great. That's so great. <laughs> That's so wonderful. We were together, and now Gavin is gone. Gavin, my dear Gavin is gone. Can't believe it. Yeah, I can't, I can't believe it either. No. He's. Uh, I've talked to a lot of people from that. I've talked to Ted Lange and, and Fred Grandy. And- a wonderful guy. Wonderful guy. Did you love going on the love boat then? You were on like 14 episodes. Oh, we loved it. I loved it because, first of all, we got to wear beautiful clothes. I'd say, oh, you want me to, you want me to wear that? Okay. Fantastic. You know, and, and because of Gavin, he was so kind to me. And we were not real romantically involved, but we were very close friends. And we just had such a good time. And you traveled all over the world, traveled to the Mediterranean, to Venice, go to Venice. My God, can you believe it? I've had a pretty pretty wonderful life, you know that? I would say so. Yeah. Full of many happy days, if I... <laughs> yes, many happy days, absolutely. Well, I see that the mailman came, so maybe he brought me a beautiful big check today. I bet. Those residuals still pouring in? <laughs> we'll see what it is. I did want to mention Brooklyn Bridge. Sophie, that's my daughter's name, so beautiful name. Oh. That was great. So again, you get to uh, uh, the dialect. I loved in the book where you talked about some of your early prep for the role, which is a, a Jewish woman, Sophie, is was to dive into the food. <laughs> uh, yes. I'd lo- I love being Jewish, you know? And I'm not Jewish at all. Oh, yeah. No, I know. But uh, but you you played uh, you played a great Jew in Brooklyn yeah. Bridge. No, I, it was very important to me. Yeah. I would stop people in the, in the market and I would say, oh, are you Jewish? Are you Jewish? And they they would step back, say, why do you ask? Oh, I said, I, I just, I'm listening to the way you talk. And so it was so important to me. Oh, you did. It was great. It was great. What do you think about, like, where Hollywood is now, where everyone has to be what they're playing? 
The business has changed so much. Do you realize that? It's really, really gotten smaller. And a lot of us just can pick up jobs like everywhere, commercials and this and that. And now, here's all my here's all my fan mail. Oh, look at I have So I get some... <laughs> Fan mail, but it comes here. Yeah. Well, listen, my dear, it's been very good talking to you. I love talking to you, too. Thank you so much. All right. So when you come to town, you must come and see me. I would love to do that. I will make a, I would love to come to Happy Days Farm. Oh, I see that I have one, two, three, four, four residuals checks. <laughs> so we'll open them up and see what they are. Okay. And I enjoyed talking to you very much. I enjoyed talking to you so much as well. Thank you so much. And please call again, all right? All right. Goodbye. All right. How delightful was Marion Ross. What a joy to talk to Mrs. C herself. All right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to have our first outing, Jeff DeWaskin Show fandom. We're going to go to Albert Lee, and we're going to see the Marion Ross statue. We'll all take pictures together. How cool would that be? I know. I know. Also, check out Marion's book. It's awesome. My Days, Happy and Otherwise. It's a great memoir. If you love a lot of stories about happy days and learning even more about Marion Ross's career, that is the book for you. All right, with the interview over, it can only mean one thing. That's right, it's time for another trending hashtag from the family of hashtags at hashtag roundup. Download the free hashtag roundup app at the Apple Store or Google Play Store. The app is free, always free, doesn't cost a penny. Tweet along with us, and one day one of your tweets may show up on a future episode of Live from Detroit, the Jeff Duoskin Show. Fame and fortune await you. Follow hashtag roundup on Twitter at hashtag roundup. Join in every time a game starts. It's so much fun. A great way to grow your Twitter following. All right. This week's hashtag is hashtag mom always told me from Wild Bunch Tags, a weekly game on hashtag roundup. A little inspiration from our very own favorite TV mom, Mrs. C. We dove into the archives and found hashtag mom always told me. We can always all use a little advice from mom now and then, can't we? All right, let's read some tweets from the hashtag game. Hashtag mom always told me. Mom always told me, don't make ugly faces. It might freeze that way. That is so true. Mom always told me to knock first. That is true. That'll be true your whole life. Mom always told me you better shop around. So true. So true. Mom always told me not to bother dad while he's trying to nap. Don't bother dad. Mom always told me never go to bed angry. That is a great piece of advice. Mom always told me wear clean underwear in case you have an accident involving George Clooney. Very specific, but still excellent advice. Mom always told me never step away from the stove. So true. Things can get hot, not a hand. These are some great hashtag mom always told me tweets. Mom always told me. Foosball is the devil. That's true. Mom always told me, clean up your room before you go out. Moms always tell you that. No one listens, but they always tell us. Mom always told me, tell 100% of the truth 100% of the time. Great advice, mom. And finally, our final hashtag, mom always told me. Mom always told me to keep doing my best at what I love. Great advice. Follow your heart. Do what you love. And most importantly, listen to your mom. That's right. That's really the theme here, I believe. So anyway, great tweets. All will be retweeted at Jeff Dwoskin Show on Twitter. 
Go find him, retweet him, like him, share him some love. Let him know you heard him on live from Detroit, the Jeff DeWaskin Show. I know they'll love to hear that. They'll feel famous. They'll feel like, oh my God, I've made it. I'm I'm somebody. So, all right. Well, with the hashtag game over and the interview over, it can only mean one thing. That's right. We're at the end of episode 114. Where does the time go? It just flies. I appreciate you sharing that time with me. Special thanks, of course, to my amazing guest, Marion Ross. And of course, special thanks to all of you for coming back week after week. It means the world to me, and I'll see you next time. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of The Jeff Dwoskin Show with your host, Jeff Dwoskin. Now go repeat everything you heard and sound like a genius. Catch us online at thejeffdwoskinshow.com or follow us on Twitter at Jeff Dwoskin Show, and we'll see you next time.